Welcome back to Listen to This, a podcast about music, for music, and everything in between. My name is Alex. And I'm Danny. And guys, we have three days until the day of, of eternal love and joy and burning a dude at the stake for doing marriages in secret. <laughs> and for all those who don't know where he's going with this, it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day? <laughs> well, I, thought, I thought it was just going to be Sunday. Well, it's going to be as uh, Valentine's day E it can get for 2020 pandemic sort of deal. 2021. Well, yeah. Get, but get the, with the times. But the, get with the times, The pandemic Danny. started in 2020. You We're could still... argue it started in 19. That's true. But we didn't have to worry about it for Valentine's Day last year. That's true. But yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. So today we figured we would talk about, you know, the theme of love in every single form that could possibly be. But before we jump into that, Danielle, what have you been listening to lately? Ooh, uh, a lot of different things. I don't know. My music has gone like from one extreme to the other. So starting out, there's this one song I found in an anime. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I don't know what laughter is. <laughs> that got depressing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not quite what I meant. Anyway. Um, it's called Lost in Paradise by Ali and Okio. I'm pretty sure. A-K-I-O. Akio. Yeah. Um, I found it on Spotify, so I'm pretty sure it's both in Spotify and Apple Music. But it's just a really funky, jazzy sort of song, and I just really, it was nice kind of reminiscing about summer, so it makes me kind of excited for warmer weather. Yeah. Um, and then Trouble's Coming by Royal Blood. Um, that I actually found on a promo for Prodigal Son. Oh, no way. They're, they're coming back with the good music again. I love when these shows start coming back because the promo music for it is always so interesting. It's stuff yeah. you wouldn't really hear on the radio but should be on the radio, and I love it. Um, and then I got actual new music. So Hold On from Secrets just uh, came out a couple weeks ago. Album or single? It's just a single. Oh. It's kind of pre-Fragile Figures, but it still kind of has that sound. So it's one that I'm really interested in, but for some reason it's taking me a hot second to get into it. And I think yeah. it's just because they're trying to go so heavy so fast. It's like, whoa, pull it back now, y'all. Starting on the run. <laughs> but um, Who invited her to the show? <laughs> technically invited myself, so. <laughs> You're like, yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was the guest, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Of Mice and Men came back. Um, they just released a single called Obsolete. And this is after they signed um, to Sharp Tone Records. So they were formerly with Rise Records, who uh, signed bands like Dance, Gavin Dance, Crown the Empire, Knuckle Puck, Memphis Mayfire, a lot of the uh, like Warp Tour bands. Mm -hmm. So they switched records. I'm not sure why. They just did a little like quick PR notice like, hey, this is what happened. We changed labels yeah. all of a sudden. And um, we left Rise like amicably and everything like that. So I don't hmm. know quite what happened, but they have officially signed Sharp Tones. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. But otherwise, that's kind of been my list of songs I've been going through 
I'm trying to keep it short because I have so much to pack into this Valentine's Day episode. I'm not going to keep it short because I have stories to tell. <laughs> so last last episode I was talking about Hyperpop uh, and like the world that that kind of fell into and I went into like the 8485 story of me trying to figure out who this person is kind yeah. of thing as an artist and whatever. The rabbit hole you fell down. Right, yeah. And, and honestly, that rabbit hole was... That was for that specific field of SoundCloud hyperpop, that was pretty much as deep as it went. Of course, there were many, there are dozens of other artists in that field, but there's, but all of them are very straightforward. Like they're all the very, very the same genre, same style of music. Excuse me, <clears throat> same style of music, same uh, like lyrical attributes, if you want to call it that, and whatever. So there actually wasn't too much more in there other than just you know new songs to find, but none, none that changed the game, just added to hyperpop. Yeah. Um, I also talked about. Lil Peep and how there was this mysteriously released song and I was so confused about where it came from and how it existed and everything. Well, I figured it out and it actually ties into Hyperpop. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, loosely. So it actually ties into Charlie XCX, who was I consider one of the more mainstream people who does Hyperpop. Yeah. For her second album, I want to say it was, or maybe it was one of her mixtapes. She was going to release a song with Lil Peep, but he died like a month or two before the album came out, and just out of respect to him, she took it off the off the uh, off the record. But it's still leaked online because it's the 21st century and everything. Will uh, and what somebody did is they took all of Lil Peep's parts and just made it its own song, giving it its own beat and instrumental in the background. So it is not an officially released track at all. Wow. It is a, it, it, it's a fan creation of a lost Peep song. That's interesting because I was listening to it too and I was like, I don't know if this is actually him. So I know I was a little on the fence about that. But yeah, no, it, it is him, but you can definitely tell it was towards the end of his life because the fact that you thought it was weird because he was so, like at that, the last like six months before he, he died, he was so like drugged out and just out of it and not really present. Mm-hmm. I watched the, the Little Peep documentary. That's how I know. Like even, even in his interviews, he was not there. Live shows, he wasn't there anymore. Yeah, because his vocals, I kept pointing out, like they sound different. They don't sound very like right. Even you, when you can tell someone's vocals themselves are just being worked on so much by like auto tune and stuff mm. like that, like you can start to tell. Yeah. And it wasn't even that. It was just his voice just didn't sound right. He sounded like like not to be over dramatic, but he sounded kind of dead inside. <laughs> yeah. Um. Otherwise, by way in of that of that category, ninety three feet of smoke had a new single come out, and it's it's all right. It. I'm pretty sure with his last two singles, he's he's been like. I, I thought his last single was just kind of like something new and different, but this new one is kind of in that same vein. I wonder if he's going in a new direction. Kind of like, I'm like glitchy mumble rap. And I'm like, I, I mean, it, I still like the songs. I, I like I like the melodies, but the produ- vocal production's weird. Yeah, but, something more experimental. I, yeah, that's actually a good way to put it, experimental. Uh, but also Sewer Person released another album because that guy can't go two weeks without releasing an EP or, a, or an LP for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I get a lot of music out of him. But at the same time, I want to be like, do you, do you want to like, like, like rest? Do you need a second, dude? <laughs> um, otherwise, I've just been listening to a lot of like older school pop punk. Like I've been listening to the first, the new, the first New Found Glory EP from 1997. The first thing they ever re-released on their first album. The first Wonder Years album in its entirety, the one with Captain Crunch and the Kool-Aid woman making out. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of Wonder Years, actually, they were they, uh, last month in December, two months ago, whatever, time is its construct, uh, they actually released, uh, it was released as a single, but it was two songs, and one of them, uh, Out on My Feet, is actually really incredible, and it, they made it to sound like 
uh, like the upsides and uh, suburbia have given you everything and now I'm nothing. Like they were old, their older school stuff, which I thought was really cool. That's awesome. And then also just one last tidbit. I didn't realize this. Like I knew that Newfound Glory is so they're 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 a five piece band. They've always been a five piece band, but it's really it was really three guys: Jordan, uh, Chad, and Steve. But Steve left like six years ago, so now it's pretty much Jordan and Chad writing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. From I shouldn't say I know I know that, but from everything I've I've seen in interviews and like production notes, that's kind of what it suggests. And Chad is the guitarist, and Jordan's the vocalist. But Chad also uh, has a side project; has a few, has done a few things. He was in like Shia Shia Halud. Uh, he's married to Lisa Cimarelli. They're gonna have a baby in July. Uh, and uh, he had the solo thing. He has a solo thing called "What's Eating Gilbert" because his last name, his name is Chad Gilbert, mm-hmm. and it's like "What's Eating Gilbert Grape." Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and uh, his first like fully debut LP. He released a bunch of EPs, but his first LP is "What's Eating Gilbert" is a. Uh, it's a it's a it's a power pop album, which is which is fun, and it, it's like hella catchy. Like every single song, you know, it's it's not gonna change the music industry, but they're all a, a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Looking through. Surprisingly, all your lists. I did actually keep that short. I'm, I'm gonna end that part there, and jump into the world of love. Now, I think it's safe to assume that music probably started for two reasons: religion and courting. Yeah, pretty much. You are courting someone or you are worshiping someone. Sometimes those are the same thing. (laughs) Uh, But I actually like that a lot because every single music genre has a love song in some capacity. Uh, Sometimes the love song is about romance. Sometimes it's about family. Sometimes it's about doinking each other. It's a very, very broad spectrum of of subcategories that fit into love song. And... uh, Which which means this episode could could be a long one. Yeah, and I... I was making a joke when I first came into I'm like so I know you're gonna go for like some of the more nicer love songs and stuff like that I, like and I jumped songs. through my own rabbit hole of she was looking at porn to find soundtracks <laughs> I don't know what it was about <laughs> no I was actually watching a Netflix hi show. Danny's mom yeah he's a lying mom honestly <laughs> and uh yeah I like jumped down the rabbit hole of just like the idea of raunchy songs aren't new and some of them are really weird to hear like because a lot of the songs that i found that i was actually listening to are like from the 1920s and 30s damn those flappers oh holy like you guys thought wop was bad oh honey like it was like it embarrassing first off in a really different way it was really weird but it was like kind of interesting too to see like how nothing has really changed but we just act like it's a new thing for girls to talk about shit. And I'm like, no, it is not. That's, not a, that's actually a good point. I mean, I think the biggest, and I'm going to use this in the biggest air quotes possible, controversy I can think of when in regards to lyrical content or something like that was Blurred Lines, probably. Oh, yeah. And that was 2015-ish? Around that time. Yeah. I mean, when like both of those, I mean... Both of the WAP and Blurred Lines are sexual in nature, but it's all about, I don't know, how how people handle the words you, you've, you've chosen to express your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you want, I'll let you start it out. So I'm actually going to just hit the ground running with my personal favorite love song, which I've, I've already talked about before in passing. 
I like Peter Gabriel's cover of The Book of Love. I think that that's an incredibly sweet song. The strings and his and his voice, which I know has power, but in this song it sounds very like delicate. I think it works really well. And you know, the Book of Love it talks about it talks about the history of love and stuff like that. And 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 I, I like it. It's a very it's very much a uh, slow dance at both your wedding and fiftieth anniversary kind of song. Aww. Yeah, it's 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 really nice. I I think. The, the Magnetic Fields version is, the original version, is, is still good. It's especially unique with, it, with its guitars because you don't hear that in the Peter Gabriel version. I like it. I just prefer Peter's the most. Um, I think another, another one that is a timeless love song that will survive throughout the ages, maybe, maybe even if not the original, but the covers that will frequently always happen is Heaven by Brian Adams. I, that's also like like a prom song and a wedding song kind a of prom thing. Song. Well, when you said that, that lead up to it, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Iris from the Goo Goo Dolls from the movie soundtrack that had Nick Cage in it. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, like, uh, that's another one that I always think of. I, I would actually agree with that wholeheartedly, I would. I, I think my favorite version of the song is the Jada Facer version, which actually isn't, I think it's like less than a year old even, but I think her, her soft, delicate voice uh, does it does it justice i still like the uh, i think you'd be safe to say anthemic quality of the Goo, Goo dolls version it's just it's just personally not not my favorite it'd, it'd be second behind jada's uh totally changing uh genres here another great one is springsteen by eric church uh that's country which is which is by no means my forte i'm sure there are a billion incredible country love songs but just from the ones my my very very limited knowledge I think it's uh, it's very very sweet. It's a nostalgic kind of love, kind of like Alan Jackson's "Remember When," which was a love letter to his wife. Yeah. But the only reason I can't I can't consider that one of the tops is because I just get so uncomfortable when he talks about taking her virginity. Like that's just oh, weird to me. <laughs> that's just weird to me. Oh wow! I the forgot. rest of the song is good though. <laughs> that's a weird concept to just throw in there. Like, oh yeah, that would be kind of awkward. And then I think before I, I pass the ball to you, I think the uh, the best modern love song writer, Ooh. objectively speaking, obviously I think, you know, I like pop punk songs. So even if those are about love or heartbreak, I still, I think they're pretty great. But I think objectively the one who does, who writes the most love songs for himself and for other artists is Ed Sheeran. Oh, wholeheartedly yeah, agree there. That koala is pretty great. Well, like, uh kind of thinking of that idea where it's like someone who kind of encompasses the whole like love song sort of thing uh album that encompasses like i don't know i wouldn't say pretty much what i think about when i think about valentine's day is like all of the 50 shades of gray albums because the thought process that went into all of them are like phenomenal really because you have uh all i know is love me like you do <laughs> i put a spell on you which is, of course, a classic. Um, love, yeah, love me like you do. <laughs> uh, remake of uh, I'm on Fire. This one was by AWOL Nation. Hmm. I really like that one because I've heard the original play at work, and I really like the original, but AWOL Nation just kind of kicks the contrast up a little bit more. Okay. And I like it a lot. Um, one Last Night from The Vaults. Um, I Know You by Skylar Gray. I feel like it's really, I, like she, I love her. And I feel like she's, a lot of the songs that she does herself don't really get 
a lot of recognition unless Agreed. she does it with like because she's worked with so many top artists and... I, I for me i will forever associate skylar gray with eminem yeah me too um so that's why it's awesome to see her own sort of songs come out in this and um heaven by julia michaels that one's a really good one i also like julia michaels yeah never tear us apart bishop briggs i love bishop briggs not familiar with him then. her her yeah that was my next guest <laughs> <laughs> um she came to panther fest for uwm and she fest. has a song called river that was probably the most popular one that okay. got a ton of radio play she wasn't a headliner was she uh or was she an opener I think she was the headliner. Oh, damn. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. But yeah, so that, all of those albums, they were so well curated. And of course, they have the slowed down version of Beyonce's, uh, where did I put it? What the, Crazy in Love. That's what it's called. They have the slowed down version of Beyonce's Crazy in Love. And that hmm. so far has been my favorite sort of edit of that song ever. Okay. Hmm. I just I've, rattled I've, off a bunch there. <laughs> but I've, I, I, I suppose it was unfair of me, but I never really took the Fifty Shades soundtrack seriously. Like I, I, yeah. ne I, I never bothered looking into them at all. Don't the movies are their own thing. Just take it or leave it. But always check out the soundtracks because whoever put that together was a genius. Yeah. Like that's where the budget went. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm imagining a lot of work went into because okay. every song is like perfectly curated for any sort of valentine's day you want to have hmm. <laughs> your face you literally were the like, way you phrased that i thought you were gonna say any kind of valentine's day but any kind of valentine's day you want to have because <laughs> <laughs> there's like the cute like little like love songs and then there's and handcuffs you, and yeah i guess that's where the beyonce comes in <laughs> <laughs> okay uh just scrolling through my list here, there actually is, I, I think I have a nostalgic attachment to Book of Love, which is why I consider it the best. But I think one of the for so for reasons of every single like what I what I, what I listed before of love being romantic, familial, sexual, friendly, anything. I think the song that would epitomize that the most, even if I can't give it my my personal number one spot, would be by Nickelback gotta be somebody hell yeah that song that song's whole message is that you don't have to be alone there will some, there is somebody who will love you in some capacity yeah which i which i i find to be a very sweet message they, they also have far away which is a good one but oh is that the one that has a music video with the fire trucks? fireman yep fudge that yeah. one messes me up every time i watch it ironically it was just because i just happened to see this here the a music video that i actually find to be pretty damn powerful uh even if not necessarily breaking new ground is secrets incredible like yeah. I, I i like that music video a lot that, that that's a that's, that's a very sweet one especially like during the breakdown when just when i was all alone the dude's like crying in the laundry room and stuff and the girl's there like i, I like that a lot that's kind of a good. it's a diff, different approach but a very real approach to just dealing in relationships like it's yeah. not gonna be all sunshine and rainbows and kisses it's gonna be like hard work I said kissies. Don't give me that look. You said kissies. <laughs> Sunshine, rainbows, and kissies. <laughs> you, you, you were talking those. to your cat today, weren't you? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Mind your business. Mind your business. I think another good... Uh, 
I like this band for their love songs primarily. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maroon 5. Yeah, they I were think always really good at love songs. When they're writing sweet songs, they're good. And I still like some of their like angrier songs too, uh, like Wake Up Call, Harder to Breathe, stuff like that. But uh, I like I like Sunday Morning. I like She Will Be Loved. I like Never Gonna Leave This Bed. I like Love Somebody. Or even like Payphone, if you can consider Payphone, that. Yeah. Like unless except for Wiz Khalifa's one, because he kind of is like doing Man, the whole fuck sh- that shit. Yeah, whole shut down, <laughs> shut it all down. But. Yeah, like, even the more modern stuff, like, uh, Stereo Hearts with Gym Class Heroes. I said that really weird. I don't know why I was starting to slur he- that heroes. for those. Heroes. I'm thinking, Stereo. oh, Lord. But no, you yeah, know, I, I I like that one a lot, too, actually. But I was going to say, too, one of, um, I think the most interesting person to watch grow in the field from, like, where she started to where she is now is Ariana Grande and her mix of love songs. Because she started out... Super cute, poppy, like, you know, I love you. (laughs) Are you talking like Nickelodeon era, Ariana? Or like problem era? Okay. And then, yeah, and then you get to the problem area. You get to Dangerous Woman, which was in 2016. And now she's on um, 34 plus 35 in 2020, which, if you can do math. Explain the math, (laughs) Dainey. Well, 34 plus 35 equals 69, and every nice. kid in middle school is giggling right now if nice. they're ever listening to this. One of the few <laughs> pictures I took when I was in Europe was that what was a, a house number, like the address, and then the address was 69. It was just me, it was a selfie that I captioned nice. I'm surprised you didn't do a dab in front of it. It was a landmark, I should have. <laughs> anyway. But um, her and Lana Del Rey, I don't know, Lana Del Rey always has like the sickly sweet sort of love songs where like they're not meant to be fluffy and cute. They're meant to like make clothes come off. You're vain. So here's the thing. I I said it on one of the early episodes. I I have nothing against Lana Del Rey. I just can't get into her. Yeah. And now I've listened to like a bunch of her albums because my girlfriend's like loves her. Like she she's one of like those like the like one of the Lana fans who's like obsessed with Lana. Like she posts a selfie. Oh my gosh, she's so perfect, kind of thing. (laughs) And I just I don't like her music's just not for me. There are definitely songs I like. I'm like yeah okay this is a pretty good one. But I I would never. She would never be my first choice of listening. Yeah. So I, I guess I just haven't given her music enough of a chance. But I know it's it's that kind of really real and raw storytelling song, music, which which I like. I respect for what what it is, even if it's just it's just not for me. No, that's fair. Same with uh, Fiona Apple. Same sort of style. Yeah, actually, like remarkably similar. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that Fiona Apple was an inspiration for Lana. Oh, that makes sense. When the rain hits. The conflicts, he thinks like a king. What he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight and he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when when you go solo, you hold your own hand. And remember that death is the greatest of the heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. That's the album title. (laughs) Whoa, wait, what? It's the album title, but it's usually just short to uh, When the Rain. Wait, when, when the Pawn. When the Pawn. That's what it was. That was I thought it was just like an add on poem that you're just nope, reciting. That was, that was real the quick. album title. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she's trippy. Anyway, topic at hand, though. 
But um, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm going to quick do like some honorable mentions just because we're talking about like quick artists and stuff like that, where um, we talked about this song before, but Come On Get Higher by Matthew Nathanson. I like that dude. <laughs> that dude and I Saw. Uh, I mean, that song and I Saw are both, I, I, I think, is two greatest love songs. And then um, Breathe Into Me by Mar- Marianne Hill. Uh, she did that one uh, piano song like a while ago. The name escapes me because for the love of God, if I heard that song one more time, I was going to lose my mind. But what is it called? Down. Are you down? Are you down? Are you down? I hated that song. It doesn't sound familiar, but I've, I've, I've probably It played heard in the it. cafeteria all the time. I think I found this on Lucifer, to be honest with you. And then that's how I found the connection. Okay. And then um, I Want to Be Yours by Arctic Monkeys. Some of their songs are hit or miss. Uh, Beating Heart by Ellie Golding. I love her. Middle, DJ Snake and Bipolar Sunshine. Good for you by Selena Gomez and Fetish by also Selena Gomez. Like she knew what she was doing there. And yeah, I that appreciate that so much. I I loved that whole image for a while. Like I don't know. It was just it was nice to see her kind of just come into her own. And she wasn't it was no longer like the Selena from, you know Wizards of Waverly Yeah, Place. or like just with Selena or Selena and Justin Bieber. It was just Selena. Here she is, guys. And yeah. I was like Wow. Oh, speaking of Lana Del Rey, Young and Beautiful. Low-key, that was our prom song. But I love that song. It's just, it's very glitz and glammy, but it's also like really slowed down and just like, just really velvety. I love that song. It's kind of like a... What song? uh, Young and Beautiful. That might be from an album I don't have. Um, It's from The Great Gatsby. Oh, okay, yeah, I definitely don't have that album. It's so cinematic. It is, yeah, with those strings and, and that, that, that kind of pounding bass drum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The whole feeling behind it. I love that song. I'll, I'll, I'll just rapid fire. Just just bands who I think do good, lo- good, good love songs. Lifehouse, the song First yep. Time, You and Me, they're awesome. Michael Buble, just his discography. His, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Owl City does good ones. Uh... The script does good ones. Train oh, does good the ones. Scripts. Uh, David Archuleta. If, <laughs> if you remember, if you remember him. Uh, yeah, they, they, there's, there's, and I'll even say it, despite being famous for having a not exactly romantic love song, Andy Grammer, when 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 he when he does something that's like a message, like his wife and stuff, it's it's good. Like obviously, "Honey, I'm Good" isn't exactly the sweetest song in the world. <laughs> I could cheat on you, on my wife, but you know what? I'll, I'm going to be a good guy and not do that. It's like you're going to be you're, you're being a great basic human being. <laughs> oh, wow, also, you're I'll, doing bare minimum. Congrats. <laughs> also, John Mayer and of course Justin Timberlake. Like the song "Mirrors" is a song he wrote by after he saw how in love his grandparents were. Aww. Yeah. Oh my god. And then he cheated on his wife. He did? Yeah. When? Uh, He was doing some movie and he and his co-star went out and they were seen getting super snuggly and all that jazz and his wife did a whole statement and he did a whole statement. It was... I'm like... But Jessica Biel is like gorgeous and she's sweet and I'm like, whatever. That's disappointing. Justin Timberlake was like one of the good ones. One of the he good was the ones. guy who punched out a paparazzi. 
Shit, when did that happen? That was like 2005, maybe. Oh, that makes sense. With what? Olivia Munn? That's disappointing. I, I like Olivia Munn, too. Wait, why'd he punch out a paparazzi? Because they were annoying him. Oh. <laughs> I mean... All right. And then, of course, too, while we're talking about those with the greatest discography for love songs, we cannot forget... Taylor Swift. Taylor, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, we already mentioned one of her exes, so I mean, at this point, we gotta. Did we? Uh, John Mayer. She did a John Mayer? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, and Dermot Kennedy. I'm gonna throw Dermot Kennedy's name in there. That, that dude, dude makes some good love songs. Not even necessarily I'm in love with you, but I love the world I'm living in right now kind of songs. Aww. Uh, Disney's been known to make a love song or two. <laughs> that's the one from um lion king where some can you feel the love tonight yeah jesus lord that shouldn't have been in a kids movie guys and uh b and i just watched little mermaid again and uh i love the song kiss the girl specifically the ashley tisdale version but the one the one in the movie is good too a day to remember had you had me at hello that was a that's a really good love song but regardless taylor does do some really good love songs. And even though she's more renowned for the meme of her breakup songs, yeah. when she actually does do a love song, it's really good. I think the most recent one off the top of my head, excuse me, that I know I can say for certain was a love song was Lover. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she just does a lot of classic love songs. Yeah. And then there's the timeless classic of Can't Help Falling in Love that's been covered mm -hmm. by a billion people. I... Probably gonna get a little flack for this, but I really like the tw uh, Twenty One Pilots version of that song. Oh, they did different. Mm -hmm. Cool. The music video to it is like super simple, where it's just um, the main guy in a car, and he's singing it, and they get out of the car and they're like going to the venue. So you got like um, all of the fans sitting out singing the chorus with him, and then hmm. he gets into the building and he's still singing it, and then by the time he gets to like the big end of it. The whole venue is filled up. That's and cool. All, there's no, like, instrumentals, no nothing. It's just everybody singing back. And it was the sweetest thing. Ooh, and I have to mention, too, Hosier. Hosier? Ho Hosier, you had it right. You, you, you were always right. <laughs> you guys I was are wrong. making me. Because <laughs> even Ty says I say it wrong. I'm like, no, I promise you, I'm saying it Hosier, right. Hosier, that is, that is the definite name. But he has songs like. Uh, like real people do um work song is super sweet like all of it is just about it just enjoying the person you have next to you yeah and that is such a rare quality for people to like because they always talk about how much they adore this person and adore what they do for them and stuff like that but they've never just looked at a person and been like I just really enjoy the fact you're here right now by my side yeah and that's a super sweet quality I, I, that I like has. that message yeah I'm going to talk about some, some fun love songs. So Ludo is a weird band because their, mu their, their music is always incredibly well composed, but lyrically it's just like, why are you singing about that kind of thing? It can be weird. <laughs> but uh, their songs, Anything For You and Manta Rays. Well, Manta Rays is honestly just a really, really sweet one. But Anything For You is a really, really fun love song. Uh, fuck, I just had a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I will say I don't care, but not by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber, because that's their their version. The original version is just so 
monotone and sad sounding. Mm-hmm. Listen to the one by Cimarelli and Kurt Hugo Schneider. Like their their cover is the way the way I think it should be a fun, happy. I don't care. I'm just I'm I'm just in love with you kind of song as opposed to. I don't care when I'm with my baby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then one like some of the ones you'll you'll know like call me maybe that's a fun love song oh yeah uh, you, I guess you could say that's not really a love song she just thinks he's cute like, all right thanks no she has a crush like it's fine guys yeah um, Haley and Leonardo by Blessed Union of Souls she likes me for me that's a fun song uh, I have to admit I'm actually a little torn on the message of Love's I like me better song i like i like me better when i'm with you yeah because it almost sounds like a little too dependent uh, I, i'm sure it's, it's just meant to be lighthearted and silly but i'm like that's kind of a weird i know a weird weird mindset to go into um any version by anybody of let my love open the door because that's that song <laughs> was written to be a fun a fun like yeah you know here's a i think i think townsend says said it was a little ditty he wrote but it's just meant to be like oh, whatever i love that haven't met you yet by michael buble uh, there's a, a bunch of those songs that are like really, really happy and fun. Uh, oh, also All For You by Sister Hazel. I like that song. Best Love Song by T-Pain and Chris Brown. Ooh, um, so there are two, I guess you could say three, um, love songs that I, I've found and really enjoyed from TikTok. One of them is Deathbed, uh, Coffee For Your Head. Um, but I also like Surrender by Natalie Taylor because that's an incredibly sweet song. It was actually one I'm pretty sure I heard like four years ago when she first, re- or two years ago, whenever it was, when she first released it on YouTube. Yeah. But it didn't blow up until TikTok found it. And then also uh, Publix Make You Mine. Both those are, are very, very... I mean, Publix is more fun and upbeat because it's a full band and Surrender is just kind of like a ballad. But they're, 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 they're both really good. I think they're great. I really like to... Um, the whole idea and the just the video that goes with it to roses by chain smokers oh yeah you i it's yeah. i love that one i will always bring it up because it works for so many different things and yeah. it's so cute for valentine's day because the name of the song it's roses roses <laughs> it's roses but then it's it's just a really sweet sort of love song when you watch the video behind it and you really see the two mindsets that they have. And I really appreciate that. And then um, Starving by Haley Steinfeld. That's kind of a lighter love song. Starving is a lighter love song? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the lyrics to it are a little more, like, dramatic. Okay. But the whole melody behind it is so kind of, like, nice and light pop. And that's a cute one. Toothbrush by DNC. That music video with that one model. What is her name? I I, Ashley Graham. That is one of the cutest music videos I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's just like those really intimate moments between couples and not like sexually or anything, but it's them like waking up together. It's them like getting dressed and making breakfast, them walking around their apartment, them together when they're out. It's super, just really key intimate moments and like a new relationship and it's so cute because i love ashley graham too one of those things that like it's it shows you all the little things that matter yeah um there also are sadder love songs like my immortal by evanescence yeah like that's i mean that's actually not even meant to be like a romantic one that's more of a familial love song but that's Despite being heartbreaking, it's a message of i won't ever forget you it's you 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 could argue it's a thank you 
but that might be a bit of a stretch like but like you could say thank you for being in my life but it's yeah. more but the song is written about the pain in the moment of losing that someone uh sadder love song uh never let me go by florence and the machine that's i love florence and the machine you can even count cosmic love it's a super cute song like that's one of my favorite songs by her ever just from your actual explanation it just, it just got me like reminiscing about uh i'll follow you into the dark by death cab for cutie oh i love death what is the ones Transatlantism. Trans and and land. You got now. You got me with some trans and ant at. Transatlanticism. Yes, there we go. Oh, I said it right. Yes. Oh, it's a miracle. Going across the Atlantic, so transatlanticism. But that my song. brain wants to say Atlanticism. <laughs> stroke over here. <laughs> Dude, same. I'm just my brain just doesn't want to work today. I would argue that uh, 100 Gex song "Ringtones" a love song. <laughs> Ringtone. I'd be a bad argument, but I would I would I would make it. Uh, Contagious by Avril Lavigne. That one's like Avril a, Lavigne has a handful of love songs yeah. actually. And I feel like too the best one of her love songs are ones that aren't completely meant to be love songs. They're just meant to be like fun like lighter like oh i have a crush sort of deal but then like you listen to it and you're just like that that's what i want that's cute she also has a has a handful of longing for love songs yeah. like nobody's home and when you're gone and stuff. oh nobody's home kills me yeah. every time you know who does a, a bunch of heartbreak songs like really really well secondhand serenade oh yeah i mean you got fall for you but some of his some of his other stuff too this is a love episode not a heartbreak episode uh, <laughs> it's gonna turn into a dirty episode once i really get going here so i've gone through of like probably 80 percent of my stuff so you can feel free to start, start diving into yours okay so I went down, like I mentioned before, I went down this really weird rabbit hole where I was watching a Netflix show called The History of Swear Words. So a lot of what I'm pulling from is from one of those episodes. Um, I think it was, this is all going to feature swear words, by the way, just in case somebody wasn't sure. I've already sworn in this episode. So. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more. So I'm pretty, I pulled a lot of this from the episode labeled Bitch. And the other one, which was um, the P word that also can be called a cat. I don't want to say that word. It, that's my moist. Like, I can't say that word. The third letter of WAP. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, yeah, and it all started because the one, I think it was the bitch episode. They talked about WAP. I know. That, just, that sounds silly. Okay, go on. Um, the whole episode kind of dealt with... Um, why that was seen as a slur toward women and how it was used in um, up-and-coming gangster rap and how that kind of started its own culmination of the word. And Pussy then, Latinus means cowardly. The what? Pussy comes from the root word pusillanimous or pusillanimous, whatever. It's one of those two pronunciations meaning meek and cowardly. <laughs> so pussy means coward. But then, of course, it took a sexual connotation as well. Yeah, and it was also a very generic way to describe all breeds of cats Yeah, in a weird time. It's Scary a, cats. Yeah, I love that whole series. So if you are interested in how our lexicon is changing and how uh, words are like ascribed to certain meanings that can be bad or good. Pog. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you just pulled that out. I'm like, what? <laughs> but <laughs> um, highly recommend that. It's hosted by Nick Cage, just being Nick Cage, and it's it's funny. hosted by Nick Cage. Yeah, it's what the fuck? It's just him being him, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So today we're gonna talk about. <laughs> bitch which is which is which is a really really interesting word let me tell you um you should see how he introduces fuck it's the funniest thing he just screams it for like 10 seconds as one does as one does <laughs> um but yeah so that's where i'm pulling a lot of this information from uh they were talking about the reclamation of the word bitch and how it started in uh the females of gangster rap like uh you had little kim foxy brown where they were starting to turn kind of that meaning back on the boys and be like, yeah, I am a bitch. Like, what do you want? And then you have Queen Latifah that came up and she's like, who are you calling a bitch sort of deal? To now where you have Lizzo being like, I'm 100% that bitch. So they kind of went into like the different terms and meanings just in that one word. And it was super interesting. But then they hmm. started talking about Cardi B and Megan The Stallion and how... Uh, WAP and their careers are kind of standing on the shoulders of these other women that came before them. And I found it so interesting, but I found even more interesting was that WAP is not even the dirtiest song ever recorded. And I think the dirtiest song recorded was in the 1930s, believe it or not. Wait, it wait, was... song. Excuse me. <laughs> so it was, I have a whole timeline out of all these damn things. Now, when you say dirtiest, do you mean raunchiest or most curse words? Uh, all of the above. Okay. It's, it's bad. It's, South Park it's bad in the funniest way. But it started, so I'll start from the beginning where 19th century, you had the Barrison sisters. And they were basically what early burlesque was. And so they would sing Scandalous. about their kitty cats on stage. And they'd have start hiking their skirts up kind of like in burlesque. And by the end of the song, they'd pull their skirts up and they had a like a kitten like tied to their like Waists. waist. This is a back when like showing you couldn't show. Yeah, you couldn't show ankles. And they're like lifting their skirts up, showing cats like actual kittens tied that to their like, legs. That actually caused like a serious public outrage. It was actually like one of the most popular things because it was a traveling uh, show. performer. So okay. it was super popular for their time. And um, kind of is where burlesque came from. And then it, uh, 1920s, you start to see a break in it where you start seeing burlesque and you start seeing exotic dancers, a.k.a. strippers. Um, then starting in the 1930s to 40s, you get the rise of blues because you have more records being sold and it's more kind of a mainstream way of people listening to all this, the music. Yeah. So they go to the music hall or they buy records. Mm -hmm. And um, you had, honestly, blues is, <laughs> the, the blues that I was listening to is so ungodly dirty. And I'm not, I don't know how to explain it. But the, you have Clara Smith, It's Tight Like That. That was 1929. Uh, <laughs> Bessie Smith, I Need a Little Sugar for My Bowl, 1931. And Harry Roy's, oh, I have to say this word, shoot, uh, My Girl's Pussy. And that was 1931. You didn't even try hiding it there. Well, because it's literally the, it's 
musical title and i'm like fuck no, i don't I mean, like this dude, this dude wrote a song it was he didn't even go for metaphor no he went straight for the word and then you have lucille bogan i think i pronounced that right b-o-g-a-n um she wrote and released when the cows come home now this is later referenced in the rolling stones start me up and I there's nothing I can quote about it. It's just nonstop. Just it's about coitus. Just straight up. Just like she's going to destroy this man. Damn. <laughs> it's yeah. I'll have to show you that episode. But um, yeah. She she's <laughs> it's not good. What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, and people are like, "Wap is so bad." I'm like, "Oh, honey, th- I think this man just died." <laughs> Like I think this he one died lady, doing what he loved. <laughs> he came and he went. Like that's all he got. <laughs> um. Like, and everyone's over here. Like WAP is this like such a dirty like, you know, pe- my grandparents never listened to things like this. Oh honey, they did, and it was a lot less. Like her that version of WAP is probably more closely related to. Um, the music that used to come out in the 1930s because they didn't hide anything in metaphor or innuendo. Mm-hmm. They usually just were like, here you go. Yeah, so that's yeah. where WAP is very reminiscent of the 1930s blues in that account. It's not new, guys. WAP has been around for a very, very long time, just in different forms. I learned a lot. I, say, I learned so much today. <laughs> I like This is my rabbit hole because then after... Um, the jazz clubs you have the sex revolution that happened in the 1970s and then people started talking about sex more especially publicly so through the 1980s to 90s you got two live crew oh um, my god with me so horny <laughs> and uh we want some pussy and what was it 1986 this goes hey we want yeah, yeah. um listening to the <laughs> there's a commentator to that song too that uh, from that show because they reference this song and the guy's like yeah because that nothing screams like hey girl like a bunch of horny guys screaming at her <laughs> and um you got the early gangster rap that talked about just life honestly they pushed a lot of boundaries on censorship um mm-hmm. especially that went around with sex and women and absolutely all that and then that's where lil kim uh, Foxy Brown, Queen Latifah were really instrumental in kind of changing how rap was going. Because if it, you had people like Drake that talked about it later, um, about how the word bitch is demeaning to women, yeah, but it sounds good in these songs. And so that kind of brought up the reason people started questioning it is because of these women. And then throughout, starting that till now, like we thought cardi b and Nicki minaj and all these other women in rap now are like being so explicit and being so raunchy and it's like no they're just doing what the guys are doing it's just getting more and it all kind of comes with when they're talking about you know the reclamation of all of these words Mm -hmm, like a lot of the words that were supposed to demean and disrespect people they're taking it and they're turning it around and being like no, like, this is our word now. Like, you used it on us, and now it's ours. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I can definitely see that, yeah. It was super interesting. That's why I was, like, uh, I was watching the show when I was going through all the love songs on my phone, and I, like, kind of just fell down that rabbit hole. I'm like, 
I know Alex is going to keep this kind of PG and I have to make this R. Yeah, okay, yeah, but I like, wasn't I wasn't like actively trying to make a PG. That's just, that's just usually the kind of the 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 content I go for. And here like the the only only things in those like fields that I thought of like from the movie movie role models, they talk about uh Kiss and Love Gun, mm-hmm. which Love Gun is referencing oral sex, um, and then uh, Bloodhound Gangs, Foxtrot Uniform, Charlie Kilo, which is an anagram of fuck, Foxtrot <laughs> Uniform, Charlie Kilo, and every single line in the song is intentionally an, an innuendo, like they're trying to basically see how many they can get out. The chorus is about talking about how, how we're doing innuendos. <laughs> wow. But those, those, those are like the only two examples. I had the hippies in the 70s, and I thought that, that's when people would be more like coy and kind of on the nose with things. I didn't realize things were going as far back as the blues yeah, and like the jazz era. And what's funny, too, is a lot of the songs, too, were referenced by like the Rolling Stones and a few other bands. Mick Jagger's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even, it wasn't <laughs> even trying to hide anything. Like, it's funny that a lot of these songs have been around or had some sort of like... Um, impact on censorship because especially back then like you couldn't talk about like even kissing in a movie yeah like 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 a married couple in a film would have to have two separate beds yeah and and, like they could they wouldn't even show it on screen that they were sharing one so it was kind of interesting like people i think think more of the movies and like the popular media more than they actually think about what was happening during that time like Mm -hmm. people were talking about sex and they weren't hiding it especially blues people like the instrumental icons of that genre were just like you really can't stop us from being real or talking about our life in any respect and it's like very similar to way a lot of female artists are today where they're talking more about what satisfies them, what they are, what their goals are, what their sexuality is, what they're comfortable with. And I, yeah. a lot of people are like, no, you can't talk about that. You, that's dirty. No, this has been going on for a while, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong or, or cut this out if I'm just totally wrong. But I wonder, I'm just, just going back to like the, like the older generations as well. I wonder if there's almost like a racial element to it, like because most pro- the primary jazz and blue and blues artists were were black, like yeah. people would just like they either wouldn't take the song seriously or like you're the the the, the, the white folk wouldn't listen to it because it was just black music kind yeah. of thing. So like maybe maybe that's why some things went under the radar or people were just more on the were able were able to be more on the nose about it. Well, that's why too the we had the parental stickers in the '90s because the rap yeah. revolution and gangster rap that was starting to become more mainstream NWA. was in the late '80s. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you had um, who was it? It was Twisted Sister who started Kipper Gore started that. Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore. Tipper, yeah, it's with all of her censorship stuff. Yeah, and. Like, they were mostly focused on um, anything that was, like, sexual or explicit, which more or less, authority. yeah, was gangster rap and hard rock. Yeah. D. And- Snyder <laughs> was in skin-tight leather pants talking to Congress saying, I don't, I don't understand how any of this is a bad message. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, his whole argument, if you, anybody can see the... Um, was it the Congress thing? Congressional hearing. Yeah, because they recorded it and it has it in its entirety. And I think I found it on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. And 
and just listening to him talk too, he was so well put together with his argument and he even called out a lot of like BS about the whole thing. Like, you know, you can't keep kids from stuff like this. And also too, like you guys are taking messages from pretty innate things and trying to twist it so you can point the finger and be like, yeah, that's the bad guy. And he goes, why? Like, why are you putting in so much effort to shield from things that aren't even wrong yeah interesting yeah I, was, I, I never watched the full thing at all i loved it like that's i think the importance I think, of music i i think dd snyder is weird as a person but but i respect that it was super yeah it's funny though he's got the long blonde hair the and it's all hair, yeah. curly and messy and he's just sitting there like total rock star like outfit and he's just but giving, there, giving, like, giving like an educated yeah argument. he sounded like a harvard professor just going off and i'm like i love this because especially too people like to point out that if you're swearing or you're explicit or you're vulgar that you're not intelligent and a lot of like these songs prove that you can or like cardi b said because people were fl- like flaming her for um she turned her that song off WAP when her daughter came in during a live stream. Like her daughter ran in the room when she was playing WAP and she was like doing an Instagram live feed, like listening and talking. And she saw her daughter turn around and turn the music off. And everyone's like, oh, are you not going to let your own daughter listen to your music stuff? And she's like, look, guys, I make music for adults. I don't make music for children. I'm not here to raise your children. I'm not here to censor what you're letting them listen to. She goes, but my daughter's not listening to that because she's not an adult. It's hmm. like, oh shit, guys. <laughs> like That actually brings up a really interesting the debate though. But that's a different a topic for a different episode. <laughs> I, I, I was I was thinking about, about a po- when you were talking about the D Snyder thing. I was thinking about a post I saw online of like the Beatles craze, and someone mentioned that the Beatles were popular because they were four cute boys that were famous at a time when women weren't allowed to be horny yeah i saw that too which is hilarious i i wonder if the beatles would have been as big if they'd come out in the 80s instead of the 60s i don't know because oh wait sorry continue well i mean because you you, you can definitely argue that no they wouldn't have been but they were like you know they, they were one of the earlier pioneers of rock and roll so that had to they had to have been in the 60s for there to be a 70s and 80s that we had but let's just let's just Fill somebody else in that spot, and then then bring in the Beatles in the '80s. Would would people have cared as much? Because they they were four well dressed guys. Their first hit song was "I Want to Hold Your Hand." They weren't like exactly breaking new bounds. They were just playing instruments and were British attractive. Yeah, I don't know. But what's really interesting too is I still think they would have their main female base now. If that would, because a lot of super popular um bands and people their main fan base always was women whether it was beatles elvis presley um there's more i'm blanking on a lot right now you're thinking older school artists yeah older school and even um through the 70s and 80s a lot of bands their core group is always women but when you look back at it and you'll see like how um, people talk about it. They talk about, oh, they are such good music. Too bad they had those crazy fans and stuff like that. And they sort of start gatekeeping certain things about it. So I think... Like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Because his main fan base for a long time was women. Mm-hmm. 
and a lot of like pop icons their main fan base always started out being women and then that got them media attention and that got them more fans and then you have men that step in and they're like oh like they would have been greater if it weren't for their crazy fan base like they have such crazy fan girls i mean even i guess it's even true to this day i mean like people are constantly talking about how there are the psycho fangirls who had Bieber fever and then the One Direction people and uh, fans and stuff. I will say, though, Justin Bieber did have some crazy fans and they began yeah. cutting themselves because he smoked weed once. Like, that was fucking weird. Yeah. I think that was just this. You had a bunch of young women on social media who had a way to connect to him. If, and, if, I, if I do this, he'll notice me. Yeah, sort of deal. And that, I think, speaks more to social media and the connectivity of things, and I think it really does the fans, because... For sure, for sure. Yeah, that whole thing just took such a sharp turn, and I'm like, oh no. But yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, I think they would still be um, a pretty popular band. I think they'd still probably... I don't think they would be as famous as they are now, looking back, Okay. but I still think they would be like part of when you look back and like yeah they probably would have been part of uh woodstock and shit like that oh yeah probably so yeah that's kind of what i think of yeah so that's our crazy dirty rabbit hole that i just went down but i i love the history of things and i love seeing how things evolve and change and how things don't change and i think that was a nice call back to People were dirty in the beginning of time, and people are dirty now, and there's nothing that's going to change that. I mean, like, one of the most primal instincts, one of the most primal instincts that any mammal has is mating. So it makes sense that we would do, which which brings us around full circle to what I said at the beginning of the episode. Music probably started for one of two reasons, religion and courting. Yep. You wanted to mate? You gotta he, sing a pretty song. Even <laughs> birds do it. I mean, <laughs> so that's why they brought in the birds and the bees. It's, hey, I don't know where the bees came from. Though. I'll tell you like, when you're older. Bees? Anyway, that's all we got for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just accidentally did a Nick Cage impression from that one movie. Bees? Bees? Not the bees. Bees? Okay, well, Danny dies over there. Holy shit. Oh, yes. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, uh, We hope you have a very, very happy Valentine's Day. And don't forget the discount chocolates the next day. Yeah, it's going to be rad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, same same news as always. Be sure to check out our Facebook page for updates and whatnot. Uh, Instagram's still still pretty quiet, but um, we're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on like five other websites that I've never used before. Uh, Hopefully be on Apple Music soon. Fingers crossed. Bear with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that'll I mean, do I it. Guess, I can't think of anything <laughs> that'll else. That'll do. Yeah, so then, well, we'll see you all, all, all next time. Bye. I take care to remove my gloves when stroking my girl's pussy.